Welcome to the Transform Podcast. Uh, my name is Andrew Farhat. I'm here with guest PJ Arzvald. He is our Renewal Campus Pastor in the Highlands of Denver. If you're interested in checking out Renewal Church, you can go to renewaldenver.org. And it's a vibrant, beautiful, awesome community there. Um, today, we're going to dive into a new series, PJ, that I'm really excited about. This should be a lot of fun. Um, and the question is, aren't all religions basically the same? Uh, I think that we, in our lives, haven't you gotten that question a lot just in your lifetime, uh, PJ? Oh, all the time. People um, will use analogies and pictures, but it's just kind of the general. It's like, oh, like whatever brings you happiness, whatever gives you meaning, they're all kind of generally the same thing. You're all striving after God and, um, you know, all paths lead to the same place. And so uh, it's a pretty frequent sentiment to just kind of rush over all the different religions of the world or non-religion and just kind of say, well, they're all, whatever works for you, they're all kind of the same. Absolutely. So I've gotten this question several times as well, and I think that what you can expect in this, um, in this series of podcasts is we're going to hit Islam. Uh, eventually, we are going to hit Hinduism and Buddhism. We will also hit uh, Mormonism and Jehovah's Witnesses. And so a lot of great content here. Um, you know, some of it will likely be controversial, um, but I think we have to talk about things in an educated fashion. So we're actually gonna really dive into what some of these things say. Um, and then I think we're gonna unpack it so that we can answer that question in an educated way. Uh, because so, so going back to the answers that you've gotten, uh, well, yeah, they're all similar or they're all the same or they're all trying to find a way to get to God and they all are valid. I think that the first thing I'd like to do is say, um, I want to invite the ability to use logic and reason. Because like, if we can't use logic and reason, uh, this is going to be crazy. So like, if I say the way to salvation is to drive down this road, but somebody else says, no, it's a completely different road, and then somebody else says it's a completely different road, uh, and they all, it, they're, saying they, they're saying different roads. Yeah. They are. Um, so I think it's not the same. And I think that, do we, do we think that one way could be right and another way could be wrong in other areas of life, PJ? Yeah, well, you see it all the time, right? I mean, this is, look at any political debate. Um, oftentimes, and we won't, I don't need to go into any specifics, but both sides believe firmly that theirs is the right answer to whatever problem is being presented. Oh, um, my gosh. Well, yeah, pick any topic that you've seen votes on recently, that you've seen online discourse, social media. Everybody believes that they have the right answer to it. Um, very few people would say, I think this, but, you know, whatever you want to think. Um, in those matters, we're very clear that, no, this is the right thing to do. This is the humane thing to do. Um, and so it's, it's not unrealistic to expect with religions, especially that are making big claims about every aspect of our life, when a religion says this is the only way and a different religion says this is the only way, they can't both be true. And it's just the reality of life. And it, it makes us uncomfortable because we hate feeling arrogant. We hate saying to somebody that the way you see the world might not be right. Um, and so it takes a lot of humility in the discussion. But um, if we're going to tackle important topics and of how we should live, what's our future hold, what's, who is God, and what does he want us to do, what, what has he done for us, and we have to be willing to accept that we as humans don't have all the answers. Um, and so if God has revealed a truth, that we have to hold on to that. And we can't just say, oh, whatever. Yeah, I think that's really, 
um, astonishing because it's like, all right, you nailed it when you said liberals, uh, political liberals, uh, political conservatives, they will butt heads uh, very strongly and they're very strong that their way is the right way. So on several issues, uh, on abortion or marriage or fiscal conservatism versus other forms of fiscal policy or immigration or whatever, there's all of this, like, we're really sure our way is right. Yeah. And you, the other side, you guys are a bunch of uneducated jerks <laughs> or you're um, not tolerant or whatever. Um, so there's some strong opinions there, but yet when it comes to religion, it's like, yeah, they would all, they're all fine. Mm-hmm. It's all good. Like, just do what you want as long as you don't hurt anybody. Yeah, uh, I was going to say part of this goes to that religion over the course of human history, especially here in the modern West, has become more of a privatized thing. Mm-hmm. And so how you vote is a very public act, um, what you post on social media. And for most of human history, whatever your understanding of God was, your understanding of faith, your understanding of religion, was a public display. You go to public worship, mm-hmm. you talk about these things. Um, And over the course of the last few hundred years, even Christians have allowed that to become more of a privatized matter. And Mm. with privatized matters, we want you to keep it private. All right, well, you can think whatever you want on your own. Just go do that where I don't have to see it or where it doesn't affect me, it doesn't change my life or doesn't confront me and make any sort of claim about what I am doing right or wrong. That's so interesting that you say that. But yeah, religion is supposed to hit your identity, your self-perception, when it comes to what you believe, what you value, yeah. and what, what you think is a priority in life and how you think you should be spending your time, talent, and resources. But yet, Western individualist culture, like you said, is relegating it to a private experience that you don't wear on your sleeve. Yep, so that's weird. Um, so anyway, <laughs> so let's, let's uh, so I think the first invitation would be we need to use logic and reason as mm-hmm. we compare religions to say, are they the same or are they not? Yeah. Um, and then I think we also have to answer this question of salvation. So every religion has a concept of salvation. Salvation is to be saved from death. Uh, it often has to do with the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Um, in some religions, it's focused on being saved from suffering, which is similar to being saved from death because oh, death is always the consequence of an illness at an old age or whenever we die. Mm-hmm. or however form we're going to die in. Um, but so I think we want to invite the listeners to pay attention to that doctrine of salvation as we go through it. Because I think what we're going to see is um, these religions are not the same at <laughs> no. all. And I think that's what we're going to see here as we dive in. So as we jump in, PJ, uh, I'm looking forward to thinking uh, about those things as we go through. And then the first religion that I think we should compare to see how it compares to Christianity is Islam. Um, Islam, uh, unfortunately, makes the news in a lot of ways that makes people uncomfortable. I think what we tend to do is say, well, those are just the the crazy terrorists. Uh, They're the ones that are doing these crazy things, but most Muslims are good, loving, peaceful people. Um, I think we I think what we tend to do with Islam is accept, uh, we accept principles that maybe give us peace so that we don't have to dive into it mm-hmm. and dissect it and see, all right, who is the founder? What's the DNA? What do they believe in? How, did, how does this all happen the way it's happening in the world? I don't think we want to do that because I think it, it's going to make us uncomfortable. 
Um, but I think that on this podcast, we're going to have to get honest with how this all started with Islam. And it might make some people feel uncomfortable, but it is just, we're going to go with a little history and a little bit of Islamic doctrine. Does yeah. that sound fair, PJ? Well, I think especially as Christians, it's just good to understand who we're interacting with. And like you said, just a, a Christian understanding, because as long as we're just kind of blissfully ignorant, um, sometimes we might feel better in the short term, but we're not confronting real challenges, real issues. And so, um, yeah, I totally agree. I think as Christians, we got to take an honest look, just yeah. like we do at our own faith. We learn our own history and learn the history of other groups and just see all right, what's going on here and is this compatible with our faith or is there some glaring differences that need to be addressed? So. Very good. So, Islam. 610 AD, Muhammad allegedly received a revelation by the angel Gabriel. Mm -hmm. And by the way, this is the angel that appears to Mary and says, you are going to give birth to the Son of God and you are going to give birth to the Messiah. Um, and then, I guess... And, the, and let's just unpack what the revelation was. Yeah. The revelation allegedly is that God is one. He is not a plurality. So in other words, monotheism, not polytheism. Mm -hmm. And then, Mohammed, you're going to be the messenger to share this truth in this area and in the world. So I guess, just like right off the gate, my first question would be, how do we know he got this revelation? <laughs> Was yeah. anybody there? Is there any witnesses? Because, like, we've seen this trend, right? You got Mohammed that says, hey, I got this angel that told me this. Um, yeah, you guys got to believe this. But then there's another dude named Joseph Smith, too, that allegedly had this similar situation occur with him with a different angel, um, and that's the founder of the Mormon religion. Um, so we have these what are called private revelations. Mm -hmm. But just I want to contrast that right off the gate with Christianity. Christianity is about the resurrection of Jesus, which is not a private event, but was witnessed by hundreds of people in the public. Yeah. A dead man rose again and conquered death. And that's why we celebrate Easter all over the world today. Um, so private revelation, Mohammed, public revelation, Jesus's resurrection, just like that's just my first kind of uh, concern I have right out of the gate. Yeah, no, I think that's very fair. And I think <clears throat> I, from what I understand, and somebody could probably correct me, a lot of the reason people gave credibility to Muhammad's words is that they seemed supernaturally consistent, that he would go and teach one group and he would relay this word from God and it was, you know, something. And then he'd go relay it to another group and it lined up and it wasn't a changing story. It wasn't um, fishy. And so... That gave the credibility to it um, in those people's eyes. Um, it did really start off with this kind of close friends and family who believed him. And so kind mm -hmm. of initially people were um, a little skeptical around him. And especially because he was challenging the polytheistic society he lived in. Um, you talked about that revelation. He's living in a, a time where the, the Kaaba, which is still kind of the most sacred holy site in Islam, was surrounded by idols of different, you know, lesser deities and stuff. And so Muhammad gets this revelation and destroys all these idols and tries to clear room for the one true God. Um, but it, it is in stark contrast to Jesus where um, it's kind of built on this this very d public sign. that, And Jesus says, you know, people are demanding signs of him. You'll get the sign of Jonah. Jonah who was in a fish for three days and then came back. Mm -hmm. Jesus was going to be in the ground for three days dead and then comes back. And so Jesus hangs it on. This is how you're going to know that what I'm saying is true. You're going to see me die and come back. And there's no 
you know, oh, I think I believe him. It's he rose, did he? Yep. Okay, so beautiful. So I think what you're saying is Jesus is saying that our faith is going to be demonstrated by something concrete, my resurrection. Yeah. So the hundreds of people witnessed it. Uh, and then in addition, what he's also stating is this is the afterlife. So every other religious founder says, well, the afterlife will be, and I think we're going to see it, it's some sort of paradise. Once we get to Hinduism and Buddhism, it's nirvana, mm -hmm. it's reincarnation, <clears throat> it's li being liberated from a, a wheel of reincarnation. But it's like it's only in Christianity that we see some concrete evidence of what this afterlife looks like. And it's the resurrection. And it's concrete. Um, another thing, too, is that I want to point out. So the revelation is God is one. Mm -hmm. Like, PJ, revelations are supposed to be new information. <laughs> this is old information. God is revealed to be one to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Moses. Mm -hmm. um, Jews and Christians already believe that before Muhammad shows up on the scene saying it. So I guess I understand that there was some polytheism in the culture, but yet uh, this is not a new revelation. This is not a new truth yeah. to be like, yeah, this is a new thing and I'm going to be the, the, the prophet of this thing. Uh, there's a lot of prophets before you that already shared that. Yeah. So I don't, I'm, just, I'm just a little confused by this whole thing. Yeah, it doesn't come across in the, the grand scope of religious history, especially in the Judeo-Christian Islamic vein as a new revelation. Because like you said, it, it's something that was already affirmed in the Jewish faith and Christian faith. And so it might have been a great revelation for that group of people um, in Muhammad's day. But broader, it's not like, you know, people are like, oh, I've never thought of that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So let's progress a little bit then. So this was the revelation. The way it progressed was Mohammed set up headquarters in a city called Yathrib. Uh, and there he set up a theocracy. So he kind of is kind of in charge of that particular city. Uh, but then what we see is a way that Islam spreads. And in 624 BC, so about 14 years after this revelation, is the first jihad. So jihad is uh, a word that means holy war, and it's part of the ethical dimension of Islam. And Moses believed God commanded him to do this. So I'm just going to pause right there, because this is the part that's probably going to be controversial, mm -hmm. is I think some of my liberal friends uh, would say, you know what, Andrew, there's crazy people in every religion. Uh, so Christians have crazy people that do crazy things. Um, and Muslims have crazy people that do crazy things. But yet, I would, I would challenge that and say, what about the DNA and the revelation and the doctrine of a religion and how that leads to uh, certain actions by followers historically? And then there's a consistency and a pattern of behavior, too. Mm -hmm. So I think what I would say is Mohammed engaged in 27 holy wars, 38 military expeditions. He killed and enslaved hundreds of Jews. Um, so, like, there's something about the DNA here. Yeah. I'm going to contrast that with Jesus, and then I'm going to talk about the DNA of Christianity. Jesus said... 
turned the other cheek. He taught non-retaliation. He didn't teach revenge. When he was being arrested by Judas's, you know, crew, Peter decided to defend Jesus and busted out his sword to cut off uh, the, the dude's sword that was uh, arresting Jesus. Jesus immediately said, those who take up the sword will die by the sword, and then he healed the guy's ear back. Mm. Um, so Jesus taught peace. Some of Jesus' early followers were pacifists. No violence. Yeah. Jesus committed no violence to anyone. While he's being crucified, he proclaims forgiveness of his enemies. He teaches us to love our enemies and to be at peace with everybody as much as we can. Um, in the first 300 years, Christians are murdered for their faith. They don't commit violence to anyone in retaliation. So I guess I would just say there's a difference in the DNAs here. Okay? Yeah. So yeah, you could bust out and say, oh yeah, but there was um, you know, the Holy Wars by Christians you know, the and Crusades. was it the Crusades in the 11th century. Okay, yeah, that, that's true. That was bad. That's not what we believe in as Christians. But I see that, like, I don't see a consistent pattern of, like, Baptists and Lutherans and Presbyterians going on uh, Holy War Crusades. Do you? No. no I'm no. not seeing that. Do you see that in any major city in our country? Like, ah, I'm, not, I'm not seeing it. However, I am seeing patterns of behavior that line up with some of the sacred writings of Islam that does talk about violence to infidels and jihad. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're hitting on something key there. And I think this, if nothing else, just highlights just how radical Jesus was and still is to our mindset today. Because in some ways, I don't know if this is a one-to-one -one comparison, but Muhammad's actions could be compared to at least how he would have conceptualized it to someone like Joshua. So Joshua is told by God in a theocracy led by God, go take this land. It's for my glory and honor. And so you even have that built into the Christian tradition. But then Jesus, like you said, comes along and says, put the sword away. He says, hey, everyone else in this world, they're striving for political power over one another. And they want to lord over each other. He said, it's not like that amongst you. You yeah. guys go and be servants of everybody. Um, yeah. And it just, it's, it's so, it fights against everything because we feel so comfortable and we desire power and status and ability. Um, and for Jesus to come along and then say, no, 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 serve. No, no, no. Um, be the least of these. It just, it's, a, it's a fascinating thing. And when you look at Christian history, I, you, you acknowledge that, that we, we acknowledge and we confess that the Christian church is sometimes strayed from that teaching. Um, and that's why we confess that some of the actions of the Crusades or some of the ways that um, Christianity is complicit in colonialization and stuff too, mm -hmm. that was wrong. It was a wrong understanding of how the Christian faith should be lived out. And so we confess that, um, but we can also say that that was a, an error, that was a sin from the belief rather than something that was baked into what the goal was always meant to be. Okay, so I think that's a great summary. So I think what I'm saying is, and I think what we're saying is, when we see jihad, we're seeing it as a part of the DNA and the founding of this religion. And so we're also seeing consistent patterns of behavior in each century with violence. Mm -hmm. But then with Christianity, what we're saying is, yes, there are people that screw things up in the name of Jesus, but we don't see that as a part of the DNA, the founding or the spread, and we don't see a consistent pattern of that. And then when we do see crazy people like Westboro Baptists, we would say, yeah, those people are um, not following 
uh, the basic DNA of Christianity. Yeah. But, when I, but I don't think all Baptists are like the Westboro Baptists. No. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, so now I will say, I think jihad is a little bit more encompassing that it kind of describes the overall struggle for the faith, and that could be mm-hmm. internal struggles and external. And then the yes. most extreme forms manifest in, could be a violent act if it felt like that was needed for the faith. Um, yeah. But just to acknowledge that there is more encompassing and some Muslims who are faithful might experience jihad and just the persecution they face or just trying to the internal struggle too. Thank you. Andrew will be on fire. PJ will continue to be the voice of reason. (laughs) Thank you, PJ. If you're listening today, I hope that you um, were able to see that there are some differences and I hope that this helped you, equipped you, uh, and blessed you in some way. And if it did, I want to encourage you to subscribe and follow us and then also to consider who you can share this with that would also bless them as well. If you have a question that you would like for us to answer on this podcast, you can email hello at sjdenver.org, and we'll see you next time.